Welcome to Gin and Tantra, Spirituality with a Twist, the podcast that takes Tantrism, Buddhism, Taoism, Sufism, Kabbalism, Shamanism, Chinese Medicineism, <laughs> and all of the other isms we've been influenced by, and blends them into a tall, crisp, cool cocktail. Your spirit has been longing I want for. You to get together. Now, isn't that refreshing? I want you to get together. Yeah. All right. So I guess officially into a lamrim, right? A G&T style lamrim. And um, again, we're riffing on the stuff from Tibet. But so usually the first point is talking about how to think about engaging with spiritual teachings and spiritual teachers and there's some different materials around this that are worthwhile looking at and contemplating and so the first thing they give typically is some general thoughts on what it means to learn something new it's it's presented in these analogies of three kinds of cups you're kind of imagining yourself like a cup that someone's trying to pour something into mm-hmm. and it's just kind of good advice i've used it with my kids a little bit like I taught it to my daughter at some point, you know, and uh, I think I'm going to pass it on to my seven-year-old. But so the first thing they say is you don't want to be a cup that's closed because then you're not allowing new ideas to come in. And I guess that goes a little bit to what you were talking about earlier, Daniel, that people might have uh, really overly solid ideas that they've kind of inherited from the culture that will close them off to hearing like new things that might be of value to them or might, you know, challenge some of the stuff that they think, but maybe in a good way. Yeah. Yeah. Seems true. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So the other thing they talk about is a cup that is leaky, which is the idea that the, you know, the, the shots going in there, <laughs> the gin's going in, but mm-hmm. it's just leaking out the bottom where the person really doesn't like contemplate what's being uh, presented to them. They don't really hold on to it and go over it in their mind. It's kind of just like letting the, letting the alcohol just go right through the bottom and the holes in the cup. So, and I think that happens to a lot of people too. I certainly have seen that, you know, with people going to, I don't really like anything. I mean, we both teach, so we both know this can happen with students, you know, stuff pours in and it's not really held on to it. It just goes like right out the bottom. Right. Mm -hmm. So they want you to hold on to it and really contemplate it. And again, I think that's just good advice, no matter what it is that you're trying to learn, you know, whether it's something like Tibetan or no matter what it is, you have to like hold on to and really live with stuff. Don't just like go like leaking out the bottom, right? And the last set of ideas they have is comparing it to sort of like a cup that's kind of dirty. It already has stuff in it. And you try to pour the new stuff in and the old stuff is kind of like hanging around in a way. And it's stuff that really should be washed away, but it's still kind of just stuck there. So people can't kind of absorb the new ideas because the old stuff is, the old crud is like hanging around. I guess it's a little bit more of a controversial one, but I still think there's something to that too. I mean, you have to like be willing to wash away some of the stuff that maybe is worthwhile changing. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Does that sound like a good analogy or no? Yeah, it sounds pretty good. I mean, I think if we use a toilet, it would probably make more sense. <laughs> yeah, but the toilet, you just want to just let it all flush around. You don't want to like, you know, keep your stuff in the toilet. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. So whatever the analogy is, a love affair a toilet, a shot glass, whatever works for you. And yeah, but I guess the image is, yeah, don't be closed off. 
Yeah. You know, don't let things just pass through and don't let your pre-existing ideas act like some crud stuck on the side. Right. That all seems like pretty good advice. Okay. So that's the general thing. So contemplate that a little bit. And uh, I think it's just good advice no matter where you're at. And then the next piece, and I'm, I'm reaching back. If anyone's more deep into this, I'm reaching back to like Mipham as a teacher commenting on Padmasambhava, who's this really famous kind of Indian figure that traveled to Tibet and did all kinds of great things. So if anyone likes the deep cuts, that's the deep cut part. But this is kind of interesting. So they talk about kind of five general ways of looking at the world that they want you to kind of think about. And uh, so part of the tradition, but also something worthwhile thinking for us as 21st century people. And I'm curious your response to these two, Daniel, for sure, how you see this manifesting in the people within our time and place within our 21st century American culture. So the first thing they bring up is the unreflexive way of looking at the world. And what they mean is it's a lot of people can kind of go around and they don't do the life examined you know, they kind of live the life unexamined. They don't really take time to contemplate things. And so, you know, they never really kind of have a chance to challenge their own preconceptions and thoughts. They don't really have a chance to challenge the preconceptions and thoughts of the culture. They just kind of go along in this unreflexive way. And I don't know what the percentages are, but there's probably a decent percentage of people who are just kind of like that. What do you think? Yes, I would say that's uh, a big bulk. Yeah. So that this is like something in the very beginning, like, you know, and I guess it reminded me a little bit when we did the episode a little bit ago about like um, the, the, the questions of what inspires you, what are your, what are your things that inspire you? I think this fits somewhere into that kind of way of thinking too, the way I'm thinking about how we're trying to present it, which would be hear these things and maybe think, okay, am I unreflexive? Is that part of how I look at stuff? I mean, that doesn't feel good to think that, but mm-hmm. you know, about oneself. But if one finds oneself being that way, it's probably better to realize it, you know, and uh, and give that some, some consideration. So so maybe it's that's part of the idea of this. I think they're presenting it to you to kind of go, OK, think about this for yourself. Are you unreflexive about your life or parts of your life? Well, maybe you should get a little bit more reflexive about it. Yeah. So the next one is the idea of the materialist perspective. And what they say there is it's people who have kind of decided that what they value is things in the material world. Mm-hmm. So in the Tibetan tradition, they talk about people who pursue like, like uh, material luxuries, right? Um, fineries and conveniences or people who might be pursuing like power or money, mm-hmm. you know? So this goes back to, again to the Indian Tibet. This whole problem has gone back for a long time, but I think it's a problem of our culture too. Without a doubt. And it's probably probably a culture that I don't know if you go along and you don't, if you're not being reflexive, you might find yourself sort of just stumbling into this. I don't think every person who's unreflexive is trying to be a, a po- person who's pushing for power or money or material luxuries. I mean, a lot of people aren't doing that in any aggressive way, but you know, this, those are kind of, I think those are two big dangers within the culture, the unreflexive and the materialist. Well, and they're sort of like ingrained into how people, the society sort of, you know, promotes what is important, you know, yeah. having the, uh, the ideal, you know, life, you know, full of things, you know, just plugging and chugging and, and buying stuff. And, you know, that's kind of yeah. like, that's promoted, you know, that's, that's, um, that's celebrated. That kind of life is celebrated. Well, you know, it's really interesting to me is like, this was still something that people were pointing out in Tibet, like 
500, 600 years ago or in India, like a thousand years ago. Right. And probably even just as much or more so now. Right. So it's like, it's on the one hand comforting to realize, well, this has always been a human dilemma. (laughs) Yes. Right. It's not just our thing now, but like, it's probably is like ramped up now. Right. We can't better to be, we can't take credit for it. You know? (laughs) Yeah. 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 It's been, uh, it's been building, but it's built to a fever pitch now. Right. For sure. Um, Yeah. And I guess that's, I, I, okay, so I see the first three of these, the unreflexive one, the materialist one, and then the last one they add to this, which is the nihilist one, as being the ones that are really what people would probably be wrestling with now. So the nihilist one is more like people who kind of, again, consciously or unconsciously, you know, have decided, well, everything's pretty arbitrary, everything's pretty random, everything's pretty, like, there's no real deeper point to it. So that's just how it is. And I'll just kind of go along, live my life the best I can. It's a little depressing, right? But, mm-hmm. you know, people do have this awareness that they decided that this is the way they're thinking about things. And they just kind of truck along in this kind of an attitude. So it's, it's reflexive in a way the person has thought about it. They're kind of looked at the materialist things, maybe. They're not totally sold on that. You know, they're probably living a life that has a certain amount of that in it. But, you know, what they've really concluded deep down is that things are kind of random and... I guess, kind of pointless on some level. I mean, it's kind of harsh to say it that way, but maybe something like that's there in the culture too. Yeah, no, and I probably there, probably there right. in human nature. I think that's yeah. Right. yeah. I'm not sure what percentages are on that, unreflexive materialist and nihilist, but I think those things are pretty prominent. It's probably like, I don't know, I'd almost imagine that's the majority of folks would fit somewhere within sprawled across those three, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and again, it's interesting because they're pointing it out like in Tibet, Again, you know, like 500 years ago, people still had these ideas going on, but probably even more so now. Mm-hmm. Um, I was listening, like, I don't think you listen to a lot of podcasts. I listen to some, right? And I was listening to one, and it's, you know, it's more about relationships and other stuff. But one of the guys in it, you could see he was like talking occasionally, it would come out out of nowhere in the episodes, he would just be talking about, well, you know, it's a big universe and, you know, we're just a random speck in a, you know, a a random pointless thing mm-hmm. <laughs> it would just pop out of nowhere and you'd be thinking okay where's that coming from you know it wasn't really part of the flow of the conversation mm-hmm. and then later on it turned out that you know and he's a very open podcast host you know and then later on he started talking about how he was suffering from depression and that was a big you know issue for him you know uh, which was good for him to share but I kept thinking, wow, that's like, it does all kind of fit together in a way. You know, there's this nihilistic feeling that the guy has. And it's kind of, it can create this feeling of depression, right? Mm-hmm. And I guess it's a little bit tied into what you were talking about earlier. You know, where if you don't watch it, some of the ways that people look at life, you know, uh, if you kind of just imagine, well, that's all there is in life. It's just this and it's kind of pointless. You know, there's a real danger of that in our culture. And um so I guess that's just something to be aware of. Yeah. It's a tough one because I don't personally feel that way. I don't, I don't have any disrespect for people who do feel that way. Cause I know that's like a legitimate, maybe even scientific way of thinking about the world for some people. Mm-hmm. So I guess if I'm being honest about it, I find that one, a a a like I can understand it. I don't feel that way. And I'm also, I don't totally know what the cure for that is. If you want to say that there's a cure, I mean, we're doctors at heart. So when people are suffering, we want to help them, right? Spirituality is kind of like a medicine. 
And that one's a little bit trickier. I feel like, you know? I feel like gratitude on that one is the, is the, is a big antidote, you know, um, that you're great. You're, you're grateful for your life. Yeah. And just for, for all the various aspects that have gone into it that have led up to your circumstances, you know, cause I feel like if you are sort of nihilistic and are able to take the time to think about that as, as part of your existence, that means you're probably a little bit higher up the rung, you know, just in terms of your, hierarchy of needs your, your ability to kind of make it and learn about your life in general and so you can have the idea uh, that you are a small speck of matter on a planet spinning at thousands of miles an hour which is rotating around a sun or a star which is part of another larger group of star you know what i'm saying like yeah you yeah education at this point you know that these exist that these things are 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 you know current what we believe to be facts and to be you know the rules of the universe but instead of taking that as like sort of awe inspiring that your existence is here, that it's happening, people look at it as sort of the opposite. It's like, well, why am I even here then? You know what I mean? My matter is yeah. just about to be part of the dirt again sooner rather than later if you look at the grand scheme of time. So why do, and you know, what's the point of it all? Where I think if you sort of take the approach on like, wow, that's pretty crazy that all this is happening and, and I have a mind to think about all of this that I've had this education, that I have this time, that I have this ability to think about these things, that's wild. You know what I mean? Yeah. That is, um, it's a, you know, I feel like it's a, it's a good approach, but you know, I'm not trying to tell people what to do or think or, or feel. I just feel like yeah, we talked about antidotes and I feel like that's a good one. Yeah. I got like people in my, like my own family who feel this way. Mm -hmm. And again, you know, that's not our purpose in doing any of this to try to convert people away. We're not no. trying to you know, we're not trying to be proselytizers, but I have looked at it and I thought, well, that's kind of a funny place to get to. And you and I are kind of interesting in this because we're both people who kind of love science. I like, I love physics enough that I was going to think about spending my whole life doing it. But my response to that was probably a little bit more what you were talking about. I had a sense of like, okay, this is a mysterious universe. Look how crazy this shit is. <laughs> <laughs> rather than like the feeling of like, okay, it's all decided and it's a big nothing. And I, I guess the scientists who were sort of even my heroes, and I mentioned the name earlier, would be like an Einstein type person because he was sort of awed by the mysterious qualities of the universe. Mm -hmm. And I think if you go deeper down the, certainly like a physics well, it's pretty mysterious. And so you can feel that, that awe of the, of the amazing qualities. And maybe that is kind of a cure, you know, as mm -hmm. opposed to just feeling like, well, I'm just, you yeah. know, some arbitrary carbon-based thing on a planet in the middle of nowhere. But uh, yeah, I just wanted to be honest about it because, you know, again, I have loved ones and, and I'm not trying to convert anybody, you know, gave up on that idea a long time ago. People aren't going to convert, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you're not, you're, you know, it's, it's not the goal and you're just going to, you know, you're just going to piss people off anyways. And deservedly so, you know, no one wants to be proselytized ties to, no. but that's something tricky in the culture. It's a tricky point, you know, and that's, I guess it's something you even think about with patients too, where you start thinking, okay, if I got someone who's deep down this particular worldview, you know, there's something that there is an, there is an outcome that could lead to people feeling more depressed. Yeah. Well, right. That's that. I, I mean, at the end of the day, if you're looking at it from a, um, a practitioner standpoint, you're looking at the various influences on someone's current health condition and yeah. the, the mental afflictions, I believe of having this view do not lead to often positive influences on someone's health condition, physical, mental, emotional, or otherwise. Um, so 
when you're looking to try and, you know, if someone's seeking some sort of treatment or some sort of, you know, amelioration from these kinds of states, then, then that question is what is the remedy or what is a remedy potentially for that? Um, I think it's taking the, the sort of grateful sort of awe inspiring um, feeling as something that is equal to or greater than the feelings of, of essentially nothingness. Yeah, like feel yourself to be in a mysterious, awe-inspiring, amazing natural world mm -hmm. as opposed to a, you know, like a, a predetermined, flatter, empty one. Not in the, yeah, you know, like not in the philosophical empty sense, but just no, like yeah. it feels like there's nothing there going on. Well, yeah. the other thing is that like, I, I also feel like this can lead into a deeper discussion, which we won't get into now, but, you know, in comparing Newtonian physics versus relative, you know, theories of relativity you know, the, the views of the gross world are certainly infinitely different than the views of the, not just the subtle world, but the actual world on a, on a, you know, relative level are not the same. The laws. Are yeah. Maybe it's, maybe it's something like, you know, like on the, on the to-do list, we'll kind of put that there. I, Cause I even think even in Newton, Newton was a real spiritual person mm -hmm. and he's kind of misunderstood, right? He wasn't, he was trying to think of an amazing universe too, where every single piece of matter pulls on every piece of matter through some mysterious divine force. He's not a, he's not that kind of person either. So it's, it's an interesting problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's good that we talk about it honestly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We try to be as honest as we can in the show. So, you know, again, that's not, that's not, un, it's not really not understanding what people would think that way. It's actually like, I do understand why people would think that way given how things are presented and, but yeah, maybe take a step back and have gratitude or maybe try to see the R or maybe try to see whatever, or maybe like be willing to ask questions about this, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So it looks to me, you know, that we have an unreflexive thing. We have a materials thing. We have a nihilist thing. Those are the kind of the major points of view. And then they get to a fourth one, which is what they call eternalism, which is a little bit trickier, but it's probably what you have in more conventional kind of religious thought, like, um, and again, this is not calling anybody out or trying to, con to convert anybody, but they're just posing the question. So I think what they're trying to say is that there's sort of religious attitudes that have this idea that, you know, I'm, I'm Eric, then I'll die. I'll be like Eric again. I'll go to some heaven place where I just continue to be Eric forever, you know. And um, that's sort of the, uh, the more eternalist vision of things, you know, where like, and I think what they're really saying, the problem is that is you haven't really looked deeper into what it means to be a human. And you haven't really challenged the conventional way that you think about yourself as Eric, for me, you know, mm -hmm. maybe if I look deeper, I'll find that there's more to Eric than what I think. And then if you have this eternalist view, you sort of cut yourself off from deeper investigations into the self and the deeper parts of your own psychological and spiritual nature, because you just kind of latch down to a more superficial way of thinking about yourself and a more superficial way of thinking about the world. I think that's kind of the underlying point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So you have to be willing to go a little bit more deep. You know, don't get just attached to like a superficial understanding of who you are. And I guess that's kind of true. You know, again, I was kind of raised Catholic. And I suppose in the end, what you could come out with this is I, this idea like, you know, it's me and there's my grandma and my grandpa. They would be the ones who would take me to church. And this is who we are. This is who we've been forever. This is all there is to us. And then when we die, you know, I'll be hanging around with my grandma and grandpa again forever. And I'm not trying to like 
put anybody's religion down certainly in doing that. But I think, I think even in like the deeper parts of the Christian faith, there's more to you than that. There's more to you to find than just, you know, that more superficial part of your identity. Mm-hmm. So that's the call. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's an interesting project, right? Cause it's, you know, all of these things are kind of challenging, you know, I mean, for all of us, potentially, you know, it's, it's a, it's a part of the medicine that's a little tough, right? Mm-hmm. Look close. Are you unreflexive? Think about it. You know, are you kind of like materialist? Think about it. Are you a little nihilistic? Are you a little eternalistic? Think about it. You know, so it's, it's challenging, right? But it's kind of a good kind of a challenging. And it's the kind of stuff that I think every person has to think about and investigate in themselves, right? Because there's a value in doing it. So, yeah, yeah. It's a tougher medicine. For sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. So those are the four ones that they want you to be on the lookout for, mm-hmm. just to make sure that you're not inadvertently falling into these things, consciously or unconsciously, because they are kind of the things that you can fall into if you're not really aware Uh, And then they have things that are a little bit, you know, you're trying to get out of those things. So I think the last one isn't even for the purposes of our show, our podcast, anything in particular. I mean, obviously it's written by Buddhists, so they want you to think like Buddhists, but we're not asking anybody to think like Buddhists. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But at least, you know, take the challenge and, you know, uh, uh, go into something that might have a little bit more depth and substance to it. And, uh, you know, go on a little spiritual path of yourself, go on your own labyrinth and start to explore this more and whatever style uh, fits your taste, fits your palate. So that's sort of the, that's sort of the fifth of these. All right, so that is, uh, that's the first part of this. You know, they're asking you to think about your life in a more deep way, right? And mm-hmm. so that's that. Mm-hmm.